Welcome to the Shared Stadium Podcast. Uh, this is Brock Elder coming at you live. Unfortunately, I am missing my counterpart, Joe Bright, who is on vacation. And um, Joe wishes he could be here with us, but I'm sure he's having a great time. So unfortunately, you just have me. But fortunately, we have a great guest this evening. Uh, Ross Devonport is joining us. Ross, how you doing? I'm well, Brock. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Thanks for thanks for being here. Glad you could uh, could make it tonight and fill in. Um, I'd say that you're doing more than filling in. So uh, pretty pumped about <laughs> where, this. Where is Joe? Where, where is Joe on vacation? By yeah, the way, yeah, I'm not sure. I just saw he posted something on Facebook like three hours ago of a golf course, and it said the oh, uh, the round nice. of golf alone was worth the trip. So I'll take his word for it. Uh, there you go. We'll, we'll excuse him this time. Exactly. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, I think most people invo- involved with the Triumph know, you know, who you are and uh, what you got going on. But for those who might not, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am the color commentator, color analyst, uh, or just analyst as they seem to call us in England, but for the, for Greenville's home games on ESPN Plus and this year and last year, the CW62. So uh, yeah, it's been fun. I got into my background, it's mostly in written media. Um, but then a friend of mine, uh, Mike Friedman, who's sort of the big boss at this company, Vista, Vista Worldwide, where we work down here in uh, Fort Lauderdale. I'd worked with him at CBSSports.com, and he uh, he asked me if I wanted. He got this job here with Vista and asked me if I wanted to do some soccer commentary. This was what four or five years ago now, and I said I'd never done anything like it before. I'd done one soccer video. Um, you probably remember Brock with the USA. I think they beat they beat Spain at some point in some minor competition. I can't remember what it was, but they panicked and asked if anybody knew soccer that was on the newsroom floor. So they threw me and one of my best friends, Sergio Gonzalez, uh, on on camera, and that was the only time I'd ever been on camera doing anything audio wise. Uh, he asked me if so. He asked me if I wanted to do it, and I said I'll give it a try. And I did color for. I would say th- two or three years on some on the occasional USL Championship game. This is before League One existed, and then when League One started in 2019, they said, "Well, Greenville want to have they want to be the only two man booth in League One. Do you want to do ev- all their home games?" So I said, "Sure." And Chris McCovey, my play by play guy, uh, he does every home game as well with me, and we've been yeah the team. This is going. This is our third season now together, so it's been great. Nice. That is so cool. We actually. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned that Spain game. It came up on the last podcast, and it's probably the first time I've talked about this game, you know, in years. And here I am talking about it two weeks in a row. But that was the uh, Co- Confederations <laughs> Cup. So that's what yeah. it was. Not not a minor competition, but obviously not one of the. Not the World Cup. Well, nobody exactly. Nobody really ever says, "Do you, oh yeah, that's right. They won the Confederations Cup that year." You know, it's not something that comes up a lot. Um, it was two thousand nine, I guess. I just looked that up quickly. So yep. yeah, two thousand nine. Yeah. That was that was my only my only on camera. Well, on camera, but that was on camera. Now, we're obviously not on camera in the studio here. Um, but yeah, that was my only time I'd ever talked about soccer in front of a camera. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Or on a microphone. <laughs> Nice. So obviously, you you know, it's not your first go around, Um, you know, just kind of some things I'm interested in. I think other people out there would be. Uh, How do you go about preparing for these Greenville Triumph games? Um, I mean, I think it's something that changes every week. I'm still you know, very much. I always call myself a semi-pro broadcaster. Chris has been doing this for years. He did it in college and then he used to do Reading United in, in League Two. 
for USL. He was their main broadcaster. So he's been doing it for years. I've been doing it. That's his main gig. He also works at the uh, data center mm-hmm. um, at Vista as well. So he's always producing videos in there and get pulling highlights and clips for MLS, etc. So I always call myself a semi-pro broadcaster. But so it's still a sort of a fluid thing. I obviously try to go back and at least watch one game. With Greenville, I'm obviously watching every game either live or pretty soon, you know, right after it happens if I'm if I'm not doing the game. So I do try to go back. Obviously, I have other jobs as well. So some weeks I have more time than others. Um, but uh, I spend a lot of time learning the rosters. I put together a little spreadsheet. I just, just finished up NCFCs for tomorrow, tomorrow night's game. We're recording this Tuesday. It's so obviously NCFC visiting Greenville on Wednesday night. So I, I think I do a little more work when I, obviously when I'm the play-by-play guy. And when Mike initially asked me to do the games, I said, he asked me to do play-by-play back in the day. And I said, I don't think my brain works fast enough yeah. to do play-by-play. And he, so he, he let me be color for a while. And then I did some play-by-play stuff from my local university, Nova Southeastern. And I did okay. So this year he asked me to do it. I've done some games on my own, obviously some Greenville Road games. Um, but yeah, it's just a case of learning, you know, getting the names right learning how to identify the biggest thing I think we come across the biggest issue not issue but the challenge I would say is that we do it from a studio so we watch what you guys see on cameras just what just what you guys see is what we see so I can't look around the field and see what's going on I, I rely on the camera work and as those of you that have watched USL League One games over the year knows over the years know that you know camera guys vary widely from one stadium to another definitely even from even from one week to another, because you don't you, you obviously just have whoever's available. You try to have the same guys every week, but not, you know, it's not always. It's just like the the, the broadcasters we have for some of our teams. It's not always the same broadcaster every week. So, you know, relying on just going by going what the cameramen show is is the is the hardest part of it. Um, and sometimes player recognition as well, just because if if the cameraman's not zooming in and players are moving around, you can't just look around and see you know. I can't just turn my head and look, if that makes sense. So that's difficult. But um, yeah, I think the biggest part of our preparation is just being is just being as prepared as you can with as many stats. And you're never going to use them all in a game. Um, but I, you know, I like to know who they've played the last five games, who they've got coming up. Um, and again, it's still a work in progress. So my even my sheets have changed every year uh, over the years. I used to just sort of write down. On a just on a word document now i've got a proper excel file that i try to color code some of the guys with their new players like for ncfc i have them colored green if they're you know first year players with the team and blue if they're not and the, the ncfc there's a lot of green on there i'm not sure how much you know about this team but they've got a lot of ton of new guys only i think three or four returners mm-hmm. from last season so yeah it's just i think it's just about being generally having good general knowledge in your head and not having to refer because obviously when you take your eyes off the screen especially in the way we do things now you, you could miss anything very quickly you can't rely on the crowd noise or we do get you know natural sound fed into our ears but sometimes it's better than others depending on obviously the league one teams some get better home crowds than others so i think it's just a case of having as much knowledge in your head so you don't have to refer to the sheets as much as you obviously there's times during the game where you, you can refer to your sheets and bring out stats and interesting facts um but for me yeah, as i said it's still a a work in progress obviously it's a lot easier for me doing greenville games um more of the time because i don't have to do the same amount of research i've got toronto against fort lauderdale on saturday two teams i've never done before mm-hmm. um so th- that's a lot more work 
because I have to learn two teams basically. Now, obviously, I watch as much as USL League One as I can when I'm not working or hanging out with the family. But you know, two teams like that when you're going from scratch, it's a, it's a little more time consuming than than Greenville because I don't have to prep as much. Um, and obviously, Chris, I think he does, when I do play by play, you do a lot more prep. I think a little different prep for play by play, I would say, because you know you really have to learn to identify the players. Meanwhile, as when I'm doing my color work with Greenville, it's more of a big picture thing at times you know the flow of the game and you know what's what situation are these two like coming into tomorrow night's game greenville coming off a big loss they haven't had too many big losses in there in in their short history so how does that play into things the the five games i think it is in 16 days you know things like that coming off the short rest you know and sort of general marius lomas again playing against his former team this is the first time greenville have played a team twice this season other than uh, north texas last week but at home um, it's the first time NCFC will have played a team set twice this season. So things like that, you know, more of the big picture stuff for the color. But again, it's just uh, and learning from commentators. I follow a lot of commentators on Twitter and listen to podcast interviews with them. So pick, always picking up tips from those as well. But again, what, uh, definitely a, a work in progress, just like my, my broadcasting style, I think. It's coming along, but I'm having great fun with, with Greenville. Talk to John Harks, you know, getting to talk to John Harks once a week. <laughs> It's a big, big perk of the job. Definitely. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's an amazing coach, and I learn stuff from him every time I talk to him. And even after games like this, when we're on a quick, sh- on a short week, um, you know, he had a lot to say about the game. Uh, and we'll talk about all that on the broadcast on Wednesday. So, yeah, learning the diff- where the different coaches are as well. You know, some of them like to just, the, the, there's a couple of coaches in the league that are very media, very well trained media wise. And John Harks is too, being a former broadcaster, but he knows what we want as well, a little more. So he's always willing to open up about certain things. But he's he's very coy, tactics-wise. He doesn't like to. But there's coaches that'll there's other coaches that'll just open up with everything. You can ask them anything about tactics, and they'll and they'll let you know. So yeah, as I said, very much a work in progress. Yeah, well, you make it seem very easy, you know, like watching a professional, watching Messi step up to take a PK. Like, wow, I could do that. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. I remember my first game. I'll always, I'll, I'll never forget the first game I ever did in there. I was, I was shaking literally. No, I was just a color guy. Uh, Matt Peterson was my play-by-play guy that year, who still does games occasionally for USL. He, he's a you know, ESPN guy, so he's a true professional. And I just remember, I, I didn't stop shaking for the first hour. Now, now I'm a lot more relaxed, and I, I still, I still get nervous, uh, especially on the play-by-play side of things, because. Sometimes when you think off the cuff, I'm not always the greatest at doing that, but I think I'm almost a little better sometimes at the play-by-play because I don't have to think, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. <laughs> it's a little, lot different than the, the anal- analyzing side of things. Um, but no, I appreciate it. It's, it's, it's been a, as I said, it's been a, it's been a fun ride and uh, I enjoy what I'm doing. I don't, I don't have any grander visions of being at the World Cup or anything like that, <laughs> or, as I said, or the European Championships, I should say, as we're going on right now. But I, I enjoy what I'm doing and, and I have fun with it. Yeah, and I, I, I feel like I speak for anybody who's a Greenville Triumph uh, supporter that we enjoy having you, and I know that you did show up for one of our tailgates this season. I did. It was great fun. I, I was supposed to be at the championship game um, last year, which obviously didn't happen, so I, we've been planning on getting back up there. Obviously, my schedule this, this year especially, I'm almost doing a game every Saturday, which wasn't the case last year. So I was just glad, and obviously with, with our A crew, uh, doing of Devin Kerr and Mike Watts did the game on ESPN too, so it gave me an opportunity to come up and watch the game and uh, 
and had a blast. I actually went to the Madison game the first year and we won one nothing. I actually missed the goal, which is sometimes a running story on, on our broadcast because Chris brings it up that I missed the goal because I was in the souvenir shop <laughs> buying buying for, for a Madison jersey for the aforementioned Mike Freeman in the first half and I missed Chris Bermudez's one of the best goals I think we've ever seen in, in, in a Greenville shirt mm-hmm. to win that game. So that, that I also went to a road game. and I, Hopefully I'll get to one this year, but I'll just see if the schedule allows. But yeah, the Triumph fans have been great. Got to meet a bunch of them up there for that game against Omaha. Obviously we did pull out the win, but it's a lovely area of the country. I, I was, that was only my second time in Greenville. I was there actually back in 03. Uh, I went to Florida Atlantic University and our basketball team, the only time we've ever played in the NCAA tournament was back then, and it was in Greenville. Okay. And we lost we lost to Alabama, so that was the only other time I'd actually been to Greenville, but a beautiful area of the country and a, and a great bunch of people, especially on the ownership side of things. You guys are very lucky with the Irwins. I definitely agree with you on that one. So we look forward to having you out again. Uh, just kind of moving into something a little different, um, just a little something about you. Who is your all-time favorite soccer player or someone who would make your list of top three? Because I know sometimes it's hard to narrow down to just one. Yeah, it's funny when I, when you I saw you'd ask me this question, I, I thought to myself, I'm not really a favorite player guy. I'm more of like a favorite moment guy. But being a Bournemouth fan since the mid to late '80s, so obviously AFC Bournemouth, we were in the Premier League mm-hmm. uh, last season. Was our first season back in the Championship after our first ever five years in the Premier League. Which, you know, being a team that was in the lower leagues for most of my most of our history, was something I never thought we'd see. Um, so I have two players from Bournemouth: Steve Fletcher, who's our long time. So he was a striker for us for many years. Um, now uh, involved on the back back backrooms side of things. Um, big tall striker, six four, scored some crucial goals, especially when we won the uh, Division Three playoff final back in '03. And then uh, Ian Bishop, who did, didn't play for as nearly as long as Steve Fletcher did, but he went on to great things with West Ham and Man City. But his time was right when I was starting to watch Bournemouth. He was a great creative midfielder, somebody who had a bit of class that I had never seen before. And uh, then, of course, he ends up playing for the Miami Fusion down here, uh, back when the Miami, Miami Fusion existed. Yeah. And uh, I actually got to interview him and did a story for the Miami Herald uh, back when he started there. So that was a nice uh, wow. sort of something to go back as a circle. Special. And then uh, something that someone want, I was going to mention somebody that you guys may have heard of was Paul Gascoigne. Uh, he's probably my favorite England player of all time. He's a superbly skilled midfielder, played for Tottenham, uh, scored some great goals for England, has become sort of a tragic figure with his struggles with some off-the-field stuff over the years, but one of the greatest players I've seen, ball-carrying skills, taking people on and scoring some cracking goals from distance as well. So he would be my favorite my favorite England player, I would say. Nice. Yeah, I, uh, there's a pub down in Sarasota, Siesta Key area called the Shamrock Pub. Uh, and that is oh, heard of it okay, yep. yeah so that's where like the American Outlaw Sarasota meet and it's just like a okay. all around you know everybody gather and watch uh, watch some EPL and so I was down there for vacation visiting family and hanging out and uh, I went there to watch just like the, you know I I knew that was a spot to go to so I went and checked it out and I met the first time this was years ago but I met some Bournemouth fans there they had their jerseys on and uh, so oh, wow. we, we started talking and they were just, you know, ex- basically explaining to me how like, in a sense, it kind of has that Greenville triumph feel like they know the players almost personally. They know the manager almost personally. They know the ownership almost personally. And it was, 
it was really cool. And, um, you know, I found myself in times when it didn't have to do with uh, Everton, you know, rooting for them myself because the story was just so cool. And I kind of had a personal touch with it at that point. Yeah, I mean, coming as a small club, yeah, we, we spent, I'd say, 95% of our history in the lower two divisions. We got up to the championship one time back in the early 90s and then finally got back up there, you know, in the 20, I think, was it 2013 season, 2014? It only took us two more seasons to get promoted to the Premier League. So I remember NBC Sports did a great piece. Uh, Roger Bennett, another Everton fan, did a great video on you know our history called uh, Together Anything Is Possible. You guys can find that online. That's something that would greatly sum up our history, you know, from coming from twice basically almost being bankrupt and having to support hopefully greenville never gets to that but having to pass the bucket around and people put their own you know their hard-earned money in there to keep the club going um but yeah we're still a very you know still a very much a small club you know stadium only sits twelve thousand or so and players are still a lot pretty much pretty much accessible you know compared to how some premier league clubs are but yeah there's definitely a lot of similarities other than being a lot closer to the beach than greenville is because bournemouth's right on the coast mm -hmm. but no there's definitely a, a and again, it comes back to the ownership group. We've got a good ownership group now in Bournemouth with Max Demon and Jeff Mostyn. And as I said, with Greenville, the same thing. It all starts at the top and, and all really trickles down. It's a first-class organization, Certainly. both of them. So you said you mentioned uh, moments. You're more of a moment guy. What's what's a memorable soccer moment that sticks out to you? I mean, I think it has to be getting promoted to the Premier League. I remember, yeah. I remember exactly where I was then. <laughs> we were, I met the wife and the kids actually down at a pub in Fort Lauderdale. It was a weeknight, week, weekday afternoon game here against Bolton that we clinched. Uh, and I remember being in there with maybe five to six other people, most of who weren't paying attention to the game, but I was just making a complete scene of myself. <laughs> and uh, and it, 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 it almost brought me to tears because it was just such a big occasion and nobody ever expected us to get to that stage, let alone stay there for five years. Um, so yeah, I would say that's my most memorable moment. Hopefully, we'll get back. We didn't we didn't go back at the first time last season. It was, it was close. Obviously, got to the playoff semis, yeah. but hoping next year. You know, hopefully, we can keep a few of the guys around. We may lose a couple of them, but still got the parachute payments coming for another year. So hopefully, we'll be able to. We haven't got a manager. Well, we, we actually don't have a manager at the moment. Woodgate was our coach, mm -hmm. <laughs> and hasn't been announced as the new manager. There's been some rumors of Patrick Vieira and Scott Parker, who's still currently at Fulham at the moment. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, getting promoted to the Premier League, I think, has to be the my most memorable moment. Yeah, that's special, no doubt about it. So, last last little question: uh, If you could go anywhere in the world to watch a sporting event, where would you go, and what would that event be? Now, I was I was going to say watching England in a World Cup final live, but I I don't know what the chances that actually happening are, Brock. So, <laughs> I wanted to come up with something that was realistic. So, I've, I've been to rugby, I've been to two rugby World Cup finals, which was amazing, including 2019 in Japan just a last minute thing when my dad's friend got sick and I got to go out England did lose in the final but you know to be in a stadium with 80,000 people you know and I know you're not a rugby guy but it compares to the soccer world cup I would mm -hmm. say um and especially going halfway around the world for it um but I've always wanted to go to the Masters my brother's been there he's been to Augusta and uh, that, that's definitely on the bucket list I think going to watch the Masters or Augusta would be up there although I do my, my aforementioned friend Sergio Gonzalez is a big Penyarol fan who I'm not sure how up to date on your Uruguayan soccer you are but Penyarol and Nacional are the two biggest teams in in Monte well, in Uruguay by a long way okay. and I'd love to get down there he's shown me so many videos of of the local derbies they have and the and the, the way the crowd is down there anywhere in South America I think for one of the big derbies 
you know, whether it's Boca Juniors, River Plate or something like that, I think would be awesome as well. Yeah, well, luckily the world's opening back up, so maybe you'll be able to make that happen. One of these days, it's a lot. I always forget how far it is. I'm in South Florida. I don't think it's too far to South America until I look at the flights. I'm like, oh man, it really is a long way away. It's not that you're looking across the Atlantic, but Uruguay's a good trip. But hopefully, yeah, we, we keep talking about it. If they ever get to the Copa Libertadores or the Sudamericana final, we're definitely going to try and go down there. Solid, man. That's good stuff. Well, moving into uh, to the Greenville Triumph. Um, yeah, let's get to the important yeah. stuff, Brock. Forget about me. Oh, no, this is, this is all good. This is all good stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, everybody, I think, kind of should know what happened at this point. Um, Joseph Bright on our yeah. last podcast was talking about how this game worried him. Um, you know, he, he said that this is the type of team that could easily, easily go up on you 3-4-0 at home, and uh, here we are. So what are your thoughts and opinions on that match? Yeah, I hate, to, I hate to use the term trap game, right? But coming off the long break, uh, which we talked to John Harks about, he, you know, obviously no coach wants to have that amount of time off. You know, maybe having one week off is okay, especially if you're in the injury situation that we seem to find ourselves in to start the season. And we've been missing some key guys here and there through these first few weeks. But yeah, North Tech, it was, uh, uh, John Harks didn't, he didn't straight answer my question at the, at the the on the conference call this week, but I was sort of wondering, you know, with the with the layoff and the fact that he knew with MLS being off that there was a good chance that North Texas could have a chunk of their MLS guys down. You know, do you do you play some of the sub guys? Do you play? And obviously, we were a little short-handed with no Ibarra and no Booth. Uh, one of whom would, Booth will be will be back on Wednesday. Um, but I think we had a short-handed bench, um, so I think he was kind of forced into perhaps playing a better lineup than he perhaps would have mm-hmm. done. Um, Dallas J. I was surprised that he started, you know, coming off the long trip yeah. from playing for Guam. We obviously didn't miss him because he didn't miss any games while he was out there in World Cup qualifying. But I thought perhaps Paul Christensen would get a shot. Not that, not that Dallas J. looked bad or anything, but as a team, I mean, that first half, it almost looked like we were in a different division than North Texas. I know they can be good. And Kamango, who's one of the players I've been super impressed with so far early this season, finally got a start. And he was just giving Tyler Polak all sorts of headaches on that on that left hand side for us, and yeah, that first half they looked like a different uh, different class completely. Um, took advantage, scored the two goals, and and added the third later. And and yeah, disappointing. As John said, it was just sort of more of a collective. Too many players having bad days. Um, you know, Tyler got dispossessed on the first goal. Second goal was just a great great strike. Yeah obviously from one of their MLS guys. Um, nothing we can really do about that one. Um, but yeah, disappointing day, but I think we haven't had too many of them as Greenville Triumph fans, right? You know, a lot of these teams go through these days on quite a frequent basis. So I think that says a lot about how the club's gone in these first two plus seasons. It's gonna, ha- it's gonna be about how they bounce back now. Um, but North Texas, yeah, we've seen what they can do. They, they had, there was some revenge on their minds, I think, after that first crushing that we gave them at Legacy early. Uh, I think that was on their minds as well. Obviously, we'd, we'd obviously pounded them as well back in the day at their stadium a couple of years ago. Uh, for, that was 4 nothing then, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they want to remember. Eric Quill's a very good coach. Um, and John, John, one of his themes he's always talking to us about on our conference calls is how frustrated he gets when he plays the MLS affiliates because they do have access to those players at any time. So he, you never really know who you're going to face. I, I'm sure John knew there was a good chance that they would have plenty of their MLS guys featuring. 
Um, and I think he was just disappointed in the way they came out, the way we came out, and just didn't. We just didn't really have an answer to this, to their pace, especially. I mean, listen, Greenville's not the quickest side in the world, right? USL League One. Certain teams have a little more pace than others, and you don't really find that exceptional pace that the MLS guys do too often. And we saw what that can do to teams you know, when they when you're not playing well, right? Right? They they really exposed us with their pace. Um, and we had we had some chances, right? I think we could have scored at least one goal. Um, but I think again, John's always talking about the performance rather than the result. The performance was disappointing, but they got to get bounce back Wednesday. This is a team, you know, NCFC that hasn't won a game yet this season just has the one draw they struggled to score Mischich has all three of their goals um so they need to bounce back on wednesday it's a short turnaround long trip back um and i do it quickly getting on the video yesterday they will perhaps have a light session today perhaps another light session in the morning and then back at it on wednesday um for in front of you guys which is going to be great but they're going to really they're going to need to show up against ncfc they've got some talent they're a very young team, a lot of lot of new players, and still kind of gelling. But they're gonna they're gonna continue to get better as this season goes on. Um, but yeah, back to back to, to to Sunday, very disappointing result in the end. But you're not gonna win them all, right? I, I think I don't think any any of us thought we were gonna go undefeated. So I guess rather get it out of the way now, not having it hanging over us. Certainly, and I agree with you. I you know I did think that we would see uh, Christensen get in there and you know get to feature for for a match do you think that's possible that maybe he gets uh he gets a nod on wednesday or you think jay just stays stays in there moving forward um i I don't think that jay did anything wrong obviously there was especially the second one there there was nothing he could really do on on many of those he had a great save right off the bat and i was like it doesn't oh yes and that that, that's that one cracking strike yeah i guess uh, jet lag doesn't bother him like it bothers me (laughs) <laughs> well, I think the thing with jet lag is, right, you don't always feel it, I don't think, till a few days later. So I think it'll depend on how Dallas reacts to the jet lag and the return. Mm-hmm. I, have a, I have a feeling he'll be fine. Uh, John knows what a big part of that back five that he is. And listen, Dallas is always trying to give the front four credit. Obviously, with no Evan Lee, uh, I don't think he's going to play tomorrow night either. We'll see. But I think his nagging calf injury may stop him playing. So, but Max Hemmings has been great stepping in, but he's, he's not a true center back. Right. I don't think he looked. I don't think he looked particularly out of place. This was obviously the second time he's played there this season. He played against Richmond as well, at the centre back spot, and was stellar in that game. So I think I think John will go to Dallas if he feels okay. I don't think he has any problem going with Christensen though, as long as Dallas is honest with him and says, "Look, I'm I'm feeling it. Let's go to to Christensen." So, but I think I think I think Dallas will start if he's feeling okay. Gotcha. So you've already kind of hinted a little bit on Wednesday's match um, in CFC. I agree with you. The longer these teams find their form throughout the season, you know, things can happen. Uh, We're already starting to see different things take place throughout the league. Torment has been picking up some wins and some consistency there. So, uh, yeah, what what are you you expecting to see out of this match on Wednesday? Yeah, NCFC, they've they've got too much talent to have only one point. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Miss Cheech has been a great signing, obviously on loan from from the Philadelphia Union organization. They want to get him as much playing time as possible. All three goals this season he scored against us, you know, back in their first game of the season. Um, they got JT Kamara, who's another another loanee. He's from Louisville City. Uh, super short, but really good on the ball. Center mid, he basically runs the show back there. They sort of play a four-one-four-one. 
Um, so he's another one to look out for, another 19-year-old. they got Pekka in the middle, former Fort Lauderdale striker, so familiar to me. He was down here for a few years, 2011 through 2014. He's their real veteran leader in that midfield. Um, I don't think they will have they, – they've got, they've got a keeper that started their first game, his first game for them last weekend, 19-year-old Damien Laz on loan from Fulham. Uh, one, he's been involved in the USA setup for a long while, played for them in the CONCACAF U-17s a couple of years ago. He's been dealing with a bit of, he's a little banged up, so I'm not sure if we'll see him tomorrow night. Um, but they've got some talent. You've got to be careful. And they, as you mentioned, they're starting to gel a bit um, under their coach, Bradford. And he's, Josh Cohen, another one. Uh, I'm not sure if he scored against us last year. He's, he scored four times for Tucson last season and, and hasn't quite got into the groove here. He's, he hasn't, he's only started one of the last three games. He's another one to watch out for. He can strike it from anywhere. But again, a very young team coming together. Uh, under a new coach, uh, but they they have to get it going at some point, right? They're going to be they're going to be nicely rested. They didn't play this past weekend, so they're also coming off a ten day rest while we're on short rest. So, you know, I'm not a huge long trip for them either. So, I think if we get off to a good start, the, the first goal is going to be crucial, as it always is for us over the years. You know, when Greenville score the first goal, they're very hard to beat. Um, and it, I, I'm not sure who's going to be available. As I said Evan Lee, uh, doubtful. Um, Ibar, I don't think he'll be playing. David Booth will be back. So it's going to be a question of how John rotates. Uh, you know, obviously we've got a ton of games here coming up in the next couple of weeks because of that break we had. Uh, but yeah, they're not gonna, there's no pushovers in this league anymore, right? There's no Orlando City. And even when you played Orlando City, we saw, we, we lost to them, I think, late in the 2019 season, yeah. right? They're, 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 there's no pushovers in this league at all. They're, all these teams are very, very well coached especially now you know, some of the lesser coaches have kind of been squeezed out over the last couple of years and have been found out perhaps. All these teams are very, very well coached. And Bradford will have these guys ready to go. He's, he, he, on our conference call here this week, he was a little concerned that Greenville lost the game and they'll be angry after that. Um, but they'll, they'll, be, they'll be ready to come up to Legacy early and give us a match, there's no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, and as supporters... You know, you never want to see your team lose, but you also want to see the resilience in them and how they bounce back. And we know this team has yep. character. We know how Harks uh, manages manages the club, and we know what to expect. So I think every Triumph fan is is moving past Sunday and and, and ready to see a result here on Wednesday. Yeah, and it's going to be exciting. Seventy percent crowd now. I was talking to Doug Irwin. I think for hopefully we'll be back to a hundred percent soon, perhaps in July. So I know Wednesday nights are sometimes hard to get out for, but we haven't had a game there in a while. And obviously coming off that break and coming off the loss, hopefully everybody will get out there and, and be cheering the lads on. Yeah, and I think if you buy a ticket, uh, maybe for like a general admission ticket is $10. I believe it comes with one or two hot dogs, and I think you can even get a beer with that. I know you get a drink, but I do believe it said beer. <laughs> so buy a friend a ticket, take the beer, and share the hot dogs. And I think the Triumph may have a little surprise up their sleeve for fans tomorrow night. I don't know if you, I know you're on Twitter a lot, so I don't know if you noticed that the official Greenville Triumph account changed their profile photo recently. I saw you, I saw you make a poke Well, not a poke, but it was a slightly different color palette. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to spoil anything, um, but I think you guys might be pleasantly surprised tomorrow night in, in one regard. Unfortunately, I have been summoned to a work function tomorrow, so I'm... I'm, I'm oh, little, yes, man. I'm a little depressed about it. I've tried to get out of it. <laughs> Listen, you got to work to pay for those tickets. Yes, sir. So uh, real quick before I let you go, um, 
just a quick hot take on Tormenta. Uh, you know, I, I feel like they've been churning out some results. They've had some pretty solid form of recently. What are you uh, expecting for that quick match coming up as well? Yeah, Ian Cameron's got them going in the right way. I've, I've done a couple of their games already, if not three, I think. Maybe two or three. Um, struggled really to start the season like NCFC did. They couldn't get the goals. Um, injuries have really hurt them. Um, yeah, they had some Joshua Phelps, the Australian former centre-back for them, has been moved up front. They had to move him back to centre-back in the game I did for the second half because of injuries. But Ian Cameron, a very smart coach, and has got them going. They've, 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 they've had two clean sheets now in a row, a couple of 1-0 victories. You know, they've got Marco Micheletto. He's always a threat. They've got Luca Meyer, another guy John Harks is a big fan of. He thinks he's one of the best midfielders in the league. Obviously, a little local derby, so they'll, they'll, I'm sure they'll have some fans in attendance for that one. No, Tormenta, a team on the rise. A team we've, I think, almost expected to compete every year, but injuries have really killed them uh, over, over, the, over the two and a half seasons, or two and a quarter seasons, I should say. Um, but a great, great, uh, great organization. They've got the, in the academy side, they've got Tormenta 2, uh, in which Greenville doesn't quite have that developmental side yet. Uh, I know that I know they're obviously working on it with the academy sides. They a couple of them went down to the academy cup a couple of weeks ago down here in Florida. But Tormenta ha has a ton of talent coming through. You know, the ability to develop them in the, in those two teams and then bring them up to this team. So um, I, I was going to get a plug for my boy Curtis Thorne, who plays at fullback for them. He played here at Nova Southeastern University, so I did a lot of his games. And he's a great fullback that can get forward. He's already scored a couple of goals for them from the from the fullback spot so they're, they're not going to be any pushovers either and, and with these games just coming thick and fast you know john harks is going to be and the boys are going to be really tested here on wednesday and on saturday against tormenta i think if we can come out of these two with four points i think john harks would be happy yeah definitely i'll give a little plug to clayton adams who came off the bench yes uh the match that i was at so we actually played on a men's league team together i'm gonna have to Oh, yeah, wow. <laughs> I'm going to have to give him a shout-out on Twitter so he'll actually know that this podcast exists and to give it a listen. But, Clayton, man, if you do listen, I'd love to get you on here sometime and just talk about your experience coming from the uh, Anderson Men's League and, and just the uh, the whole journey you've been on over to Austin and, and back over here to Georgia. So good for you, man. Keep it up. Keep it up. Yeah, there's so many there's so many great stories like that of guys that you know have come through the amateur ranks and uh, just somebody's – Somebody spotted them, and he, he's been effective. He's got some wheels on that left side um, for them in that 4-3-3 they play. Um, so, yeah, we should see him against us, I would think. I love that pitch down there as well. They have a, they have a beautiful field. It, it is a cool little field. The camera position is tough for us because it, it always seems so far away sometimes. And if the cameraman's not zooming in, I'm, I'm str I struggle to figure out who's who. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, not, lovely little facility. I know, obviously, some of the Greenville fans went down there for that game down there yeah we had a blast um, well, good stuff yeah no that's the tormentor nice little organization so obviously good friends with our ownership too yeah uh, I, I didn't hear i didn't hear about any challenges this year though i haven't heard about any challenges this i know year. i was expecting something as well I, I really was but hey things move along you know we're winning trophies it's how it goes yep so any uh, any last-minute comments, plugs, or uh, shout-outs, or anything you just kind of like to say before we get off here? Oh, listen, I just want to say thanks for you to having me on. I'm glad we've got a Greenville Triumph pod. For those of you that I listen to podcasts a lot while I'm working during the day, and League One pods have sort of dried up this year. We had two 
you know, always going League One fun and League One unfiltered last season. They've both faded away for, for differing reasons. I know they both started their own clubs, you know, Lansing Common and then Real Central New Jersey with Ira up there in New Jersey. So we've lost our two sort of League One pods. Now we've got Talking 90 that's come this year, mm-hmm. which is a, is a fun one to listen to. But we we haven't had a Greenville pod since Chris Ashley. So I want to say thanks to you, Brock, for for getting this back up because Chris, Chris Makoviak and I always talk about doing our own podcast, whether for League One or just for Greenville. But we're we're both very busy guys. Uh, we don't always find the time. So I'm, I'm I'm super pumped that you you and Joe are bringing the podcast back for the Triumph. But I just you know if you can't get to the games, obviously for the away games, you can always watch us on on ESPN Plus or the six CW sixty two. So, you know, appreciate everybody. Keep listening. I know the fan base is really really building. I think this year I'm really feeling. You know, obviously after last year's just weird season, right? I think you know, I know we obviously won the title. That's helped as well, but. I'm really seeing that seeing the fan base increase, especially on social media. And it was great to see all the all the interaction that goes on there, the fun sort of rival rivalry with Omaha, and all, and all that's going on. It's all it's all been very organic, which is important. I think nothing feels forced, right. uh, and it's been great to see. So I, I I you know hand clap to all the Greenville fans out there that have watched and gone to the games, and hopefully we'll see Legacy Early College back to capacity, and we'll see the kind of crowds we did. You know, as two, as 2019 went on, uh, and that's a good little stadium. Hopefully, we hear some speaking of stadiums. Hopefully, we hear some news soon. You know, about potentially uh, building our own stadium, which would be great too. Oh, don't get us too excited now. No, listen. It, 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 I think Doug Irwin will, will readily admit that there's some stuff going on behind the scenes. I'm I'm not sure if anything's finalized. Uh, perhaps we'll hear as the season goes on. But I know that's definitely a goal of theirs. You know, Tormenta's got their own stadium coming soon. Um, you know, Chattanooga's got their nice. You know, it's a it's a key thing to get your own facility that isn't that isn't on the outfield of a baseball diamond. Yeah, I certainly agree. <laughs> so, you know, no matter no matter the size, uh, you know, Chattanooga kind of opened there is a little early, and we'll, we'll, you can make the jokes about the lights and the running water, etc. But they've got on a big jumbotron. They just opened this 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 past game, and it's it, it'd be great to have a place for your own. I know Legacy Early and. Uh, uh, oh man, the name of the college that we practice at has escaped Bob me. Jones. University is it Bob Jones? Bob Jones, yeah. You know, Doug's always talking about how great both organizations have been accepting them. You know, you've got the little downtown headquarters now for Greenville with the with the with the store as well. Yeah, that's a so, cool you know, everything's spot. coming really. And then the, the next step, I, I think, is the stadium. I don't, obviously don't see it happening next season, but perhaps 2023. We can. And there's plenty of space out there. It's just a case of you know, getting the investment in, in place. And I, I think the, the, the cogs are coming. It's just going to be, you know, slow, slow and slow news. I wouldn't get too excited just yet, but no, that would be awesome if they could get a stadium going. So no, I appreciate, I appreciate all the love the Greenville fans have shown me and Chris, uh, you guys have, we're proud that we're the only two man booth in USL league one. Uh, something that I know the Irwins are, are proud of as well, and hopefully we've done a pretty good job, I think. Oh, certainly. And uh, we would love to get both of you on here and definitely have you back again. Um, this has been great. I think anybody out there who listens to this is is really good. I appreciate um, all your input and everything you had to say. So thank you for your time and, and just being a part of this podcast. No, cheers, bro. I look forward to helping out in the future. Yeah, I'm sure Chris will as well. He's a, he's the true professional broadcaster between the two of us. And always always got great things to say. He's he's a big USL League One guy and knows the teams like the back of like the back of his hand. Certainly. Well, hey, if you guys want to follow uh, Mr. Ross on Twitter, it is at that Ross bloke. That's it. See, my, I, I always think Chris's last name is too hard. I, I used to be used to be Ross Devonport, and then Chris would always have to spell his last name out 
when he would tell people his Twitter. And his last name's even crazier than mine. So I was like, I'm just going to not put my last name in there. Yeah. How do and, you pronounce uh, his last name? Makoviak. Right. And he is at C M A C K O W I A K P X P. PXP for play by play. Yeah, he's a great follow on uh, on on League One on all, all things USL League One. Obviously today we heard the news that Jamie Vardy is going to be a part owner of Rochester Rhinos. So that was some great news today. Hopefully they end up back, perhaps in League One. Perhaps we'll see them in League One or, or the Championship at, uh, next season. Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome man. Well, thank you again for your time and um, hope. Yeah, cheers, bro. Yeah, have a wonderful evening. You too, mate. See you soon. Right, see ya. <laughs>